Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, the podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Mr. Alan Kirk. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? Good, good. How was your weekend? Uh, you know, here's the thing. It was non-eventful. Oh, no. Another non-eventful, which was great for me. Uh, I enjoyed all the action on Saturday night, but uh, yeah, didn't do anything. Um, but other than that, I do have some random questions to ask you. Sure, yeah. Go okay, ahead. so first off, my question to you, and I apologize for being late tonight. No, I, that's okay. I, I said I'll be here at, for example, 7 ish. What do you consider seven-ish? What is that time frame for you in your head? Because it seems like a lot of people use ish I think now. Ten, ten, be, ten minutes before or ten minutes after. That's what I think, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it can't be after that because I'm pretty yeah. punctual, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's my first random thing. All right. Second one. Have you heard about catalytic converters yes. thefts? Yes. I've had my brother-in-law in San Antonio... He's got a brand new, it's a huge like um, Toyota Tundra. He's got okay. it lifted and everything. One morning, he woke up to the sounds of power tools stealing his uh, catalytic converter. What? Yeah. So I, I guess apparently it's a thing, and it's been it's, for the last couple of years. I think more so within the last year or so. Okay, more yeah. so. Do you know why? Because I did a, d- a deep yeah, rabbit hole dive. Because I believe it's a, it's um, palladium inside the, uh, the inside that there's a metal in there. And it's worth more than gold um, by weight. And I think that's one reason why they're, they're taking them. Okay. Palladium is in there. Yeah. But that's not the precious metal people oh, are looking it? for. It's called rhodium. Rhodium. Yeah. They, rhodium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Rhodium. How much do you think an ounce is right now going for? I want to say if gold is about almost 2000 maybe about 2500 an ounce. 28000 28000 an ounce? How many ounces are in a uh, rhodium? I don't think there's an in ounce. There. So, I, I, of course, I did the rabbit hole with that you know, for videos, right? And yeah. so there's a five-minute video that uh, was like a news report. Yeah. And they were kind of uh, talking about how uh, even when you do a security measure and put them in a well-lit thing, they can yeah. take it in under two minutes. Oh, um, there was an incident here at the university that I work at. And um, in the parking lot, broad daylight, someone took someone's catalytic converter and it don't take much doesn't take much it's a sawzall and that's it yeah sawzall right yeah well what they were saying though is they had figured out that it that whoever's doing it let's just say homeless yeah i don't know drug dealer drug whatever yeah they don't have the capability of pulling that rhodium out you have to have like a facility to do it Uh, so what's happening is it's not the people that are stealing it that really is the problem. It's, it's the, the industry that, behind that it, buying it that are yeah. buying it and sending it off. And it literally, all they're looking for is when they cut it all down, they're cut it down to this little honeycomb-looking thing uh-huh. that they now have to somehow melt down to get that rhodium. Wow. So they're not getting that $28,000 an ounce so if they find enough for that. If they're I getting- was to, yeah, if I was to cut it and go... Take it to a scrupulous place yeah. because you're not you're not supposed to. Yeah, of course. Right? Um they're going to pay me 150 to 300. Dang for that. That's it, right? Dang. Right? And they and they said that you can't sell a car that has a used or rebuilt one. You either have to have the original wow. on there or you have to have a new one. So it's not like they're selling them to put on another car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So I get that, yeah. 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 Crazy. This it is, is crazy. so crazy, right? It, it, it's just part of it. The the craziness that is this this world is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, well, the, how was your weekend? My weekend was eventful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say congratulations to my wife. She Four. graduated. She completed her master's degree in criminal justice this past weekend, and she walked the stage, and we had a little get together, a little oh restaurant gosh. party, and. You know, that's it. It's something small, nothing huge or anything like that. Because I'm not a planner and it's all my fault, okay. whatever. But so we took her out to eat. You took her out to eat? Where'd you take her? <laughs> we went to a restaurant that everyone goes to. It's Henry's. Golden Trout. No, no, I hate okay. Golden Trout. Okay. Uh, Henry's, it's a Mexican restaurant. Oh, Henry's. Here, yeah. Okay. Here's and how Henry's. many people did you have? It was about um, 18 total. Wow. Yeah. It goes gets it gets packed fast. I mean, you, if you start inviting people, that number starts going fast because they don't seat you until your whole party's there. That's what I heard that they yeah. do. So I can't believe you paid for all that. Uh, I paid for maybe half of them, but not what? all of them. Yeah, it, it, it was a party, right? Hosted yeah, by it's you for Dutch your wife? party. Yeah, we're oh, Mexicans, I, but we go Dutch a lot. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the truth. Okay, know? well, so criminal justice. How long did it take her to do that? About two two years, two and a half years. Okay, yeah. and criminal justice means she's going to be in the courts. She, she would like to. Okay. I guess her, her ultimate dream job is to be a parole officer. Parole officer. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. That's that's a lot of nights, and I don't know if I, want, I would support that. Well, I have met your <laughs> wife yeah. one twice now. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, she's brilliant, smart, but yeah. I know from, from some of the things she was doing with her uh, – Volunteer, I guess her fundraiser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's tough as yeah, nails. She, is. she would not be a good parole <laughs> for for people that are yeah. trying to slide. Yeah, she ain't exactly. gonna let nobody. No, she slide. wouldn't. She wouldn't. Well, congratulations, because I know yeah. that that's hard work. Oh yeah, it is hard yeah. work. I mean, on everyone's part, you and, know. And she has a job, and she has a home life, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, and, and professional life. So yep. to do that on the side, that's kudos tough. To her. It is. It yeah, is tough. Absolutely. But so um, after our little festivities, yes. you know, we caught up a little bit on some boxing and some MMA for that weekend. Oh, my gosh. It's a big weekend, too, it right? It was so a big weekend big for one. sports weeks. Yeah. yeah. We had um, we covered three uh, boxing events this weekend and then a whole UFC, um, you know, UFC fight night card. We did. We need to get into this. Yeah, let's jump into um, first. Let's jump into Jerron Ennis versus Costino Clayton. This one was a pay-per-view showtime live from Carson, California this May 14th. Jerron Ennis just just did what Jerron Ennis does. Two undefeated fighters going to battle, and that ended quick for one of the fighters. Yeah, definitely. This rising superstar Jerron Boots Ennis returns to the ring. Returned to the ring against a former Olympian Clayton. So you you would think it would be you know um, you know very competitive, but it was just one sided for the first, for those two rounds that it lasted. Ennis just continues to impress, marching through opponents after opponents. Man. Yeah, definitely. Jerron Ennis lands a huge, um, big right behind the ear. I don't know. Do you do you do you kind? Did you see it? Kind of maybe behind the back of the head a little bit, or to me, in my opinion, and yeah. I'm not the one getting hit. Correct. It did not look to me like it was a knockout kind of oh, stoppage. Yeah. Oh. It, it was more of a in the back, not really on the temple, yeah. but. You know. you know, sometimes I think that some, these uh, boxers get hit in the back of the head and they go down, thinking that the ref will will acknowledge it's a back the back a hit in the back of the head and maybe take a point or do something. And maybe in this case, it just went against um, Clayton and um, it really dazed him. I mean, he he couldn't even he made the ten count, but he couldn't yeah. get back to the corner. And the ref saw enough Look, after two after two rounds. The ref is human too, all right. And we're all watching the same fight, and I I. I feel like he's going this 
even if he gets up, this is not going to go good for him. If he continues this fight, let me go ahead and stop it. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, um, we, we saw what we needed to see from Jerome Boots Ennis. He gets that second round knockout, now 29-0. and Where does he go next? Well, he is 29-0 with 27 KOs now out of the 29. Mr. Earl Spence Jr. was in the crowd, and he called him out. Since this was for the IBF title eliminator, Mm -hmm. and Spence holds the belt, what do you think about that? I think Spence is waiting out for um, for Terence Crawford, so I think that's going to be the the next fight for Spence. Um, But if not, I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's a twenty nine and zero. That's almost thirty fights. Yeah, I think he's it's due. He's due for a huge payday and big fight. I think everybody knows how me and you feel about Spence Junior. Where we hold him in our in our super light. You know, super elite status. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to fight Ennis after that that performance. I think people should be scared of Ennis. Well, I have um, one fighter here. I have a couple of fighters that I kind of wrote down. I didn't think of one of those top fighters or the top elite uh, group. But how about Virgil Ortiz, who's going to fight this summer? Um, maybe get through that and maybe set something up for the fall. Um, I, I think... Ennis deserves a towel shop. I don't think he's going to get it because, like you said, Spence and Crawford are probably going to fight in the fall. So I think Ennis needs to stay busy. Give him the Ortiz fights. I think that would be great. And then whoever comes out on top with Crawford and Spence, you know, set that up for Christmas. How about uh, Castino Clayton? I mean, I really didn't write anything out for him as far as, you know, maybe a prediction of where he's going next. I just think it needs something else. Um, you know, he's, he, this is his first loss, of course, but um, – you know, maybe just not uh, just it was just boxing. That's what boxing is, right? It, it's yeah. crazy that you said, "Oh, it's his first defeat." And we're kind of already writing already him off. Say, and we out shouldn't in the be. sunset, yeah. But you know, I in my notes I put, "Welcome to fighting an elite fighter." Yeah, you just learned. You know, yeah. um, you know what? This is the, those cases where we just go, you know, go back, review the tapes, learn from the experience, and get better. I mean, yeah, that's all he better. needs to do. Yeah, definitely. Well, also on that on that pay per view fight card, we do have a Jamel Charlo versus Brian Carlos Castano, part two. Um, again, Showtime pay per view from Carson, California. This time for all the titles that's in the super welterweight division. A big rematch was in store for the fight fans on this night, and boy, it sure did deliver. It sure did. I mean, you know what? Looking at the fight, um, every single round was kind of competitive on both sides. It was, and I really enjoyed watching that fight. I think it's contender for maybe one of the fights of the year um every time carlo C- castano hit landed some good shots but charlo took him and he landed some great shots of his own and i just think that charlo would wind up stealing these rounds at the end or with some big shots no more notable shots yeah you know it was interesting because they asked charlo uh in a previous interview said all right so in this fight are you going to still be backing up into the ropes the whole time because that's what you did in the first fight. And he said no, but guess what? He did, and that's okay. And Castano was the aggressor. That's he right. Was keeping, he kept he on pushing him down. Yeah, He should have. But, but Charlo was always waiting for that counter counter shot, and he, he landed those big counter shots. He was landing sharp counters, uh, you know, all along the way. Um, you know, and even Castino, Castino, I had him in the third round, maybe fourth round. He was, he was winning, uh, you know, some of those rounds. It was back and forth action the whole time um yeah it was a great great fight it was a good fight in the end we do have man charlo landing and i i didn't even see any power behind that I didn't hook. either and it was just a delayed knockout or knockdown of castano in the 10th round 
So, question coming out of this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the strategy that Costino used by reportedly showing up late and needing a little extra time to get ready? Was that a strategy, or he just showed up late? Um, I don't know. Is it? I guess sometimes it can be used as a strategy. It is. But, but uh, well, it didn't work if, if that was no. a strategy. <laughs> be- because, you know, some of that strategy is to get in head games. Mm-hmm. The other is... If, if you're supposed to be the ring walk at 10 o'clock, you're at 9.30 starting to warm up, so mm-hmm. you've warmed up your body. Now you got to wait, so maybe it's cooling down. Yeah. So there is a little bit of uh, strategy in that, but like you said, it didn't work this time. It didn't work. Well, Jermel Charlo makes history. He becomes the first boxer in that division to unify all the titles um, with the 10th round knockouts. Um, what's next for Charlo? I mean, what what is next? You know, he's, he's got all the titles now. 35, 1-1, one one. he has four belts. For me, I think he should fight Laura for that for that next WBA World Super belt. Laura, yeah, I think so too. But um, I don't know. I think maybe what's done is done. Maybe let's go up to another level. Let's go up to another weight class. Uh, I don't know what the next weight class is above him. Is it the uh, – this is super – this is super Walter weight at 154 pounds. So 100 and what? 150. 60. 160 is the next one. So who would be in that division? Okay, so if he moved up into 160, uh, he could fight Triple G. Is there? Demetrius yeah. Andre is there. Yeah. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is there. He's obviously not going to fight his brother because his brother is there. I would like that. Yeah, let's move up to another another okay. division with your brother. How about how about um, your brothers ruling the uh, divisions? I mean, or maybe his brother can move up another weight class later on. But you know what? I think what's done is done is that that division. I don't see him trying to defend those titles. I think he's ready to move on to okay. go up. I've got a couple other names. Okay. So did you see who was on the broadcast that night? No, I did not. Okay. Tim Tazu was there, twenty-one yeah. and zero, and he is more than willing to fight Charlo. Do you like that fight? I, I do like that. I like it for Tizu. I, I like it too. for Tizu. I do too. I don't know about Charlo wants that no more. He doesn't you gain know? that anything, right? He doesn't that? gain nothing. He defends his title. Does he want to be a, def- a title defender? Maybe so. That's that adds to a little bit of lore or mystique. But um, uh, I think it's um, sometimes when you get to the mountaintop, you try to look for another mountain, right? Absolutely. Okay, I got two other names for you to think about. All right. Okay. What if Charlo stays there, and what if two other guys move up and wait from 147? How about a Spence Jr. or a Crawford? Because Crawford's indicated he wants to move up. Well, Spence Jr. and uh, the Charlos are best friends, so that won't happen. That won't happen. All right. So, But Crawford, maybe. maybe, And Crawford wanted to move up. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's, uh, that's... and Crawford wants to move up and get his titles, maybe so. And I would give Crawford a free pass to go up to get the, all those titles. Okay, let's say it hypothetically happened. Who is your odds-on favorite to win that fight? Um, I think you've mentioned this before. Maybe that uh, you don't like a fighter going up and then trying to fight for a title or, you know, just their first fight. Yes. And so, um, especially with against a champion like Charlo, who's been at that weight class, I would put my money on charlo for right now you just would? i'm surprised yeah i mean just because of the weight and the experience in that division didn't we say that we like crawford over spence even though yeah. we thought so yeah. but but going up and wait you think to be a little much for charlo because charlo's a big guy yeah he's a big guy big puncher yeah. 
um, you know, long reach. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think I think I think his power will overcome his speed over uh, Crawford's speed. I'll have to tell you though, one forty seven to one sixty, those division with all those fighters, there's a lot of great dream matchups we could yeah. really get in the future. Yeah, definitely. How about for Castano? What what do you think's next for Castano? So Castano is now seventeen one and two is actually his first defeat. Um, I think he's still a great fighter. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of looked down the list and I think a Laura fight, mm-hmm. a Herd, or maybe a Fundora. Oh, I like that Fundora. And Fundora fight. was yeah. on the broadcast too. Yeah, I like that Fundora. Do you like yeah, that? Yeah. Him or that Tizu? What if it about Tizu? Just jump in against Tizu. Well, yeah. and they kind of they kind of kind of banter back and forth, yeah. and, and the other third announcer goes, yeah. "So what about you two fighting?" Yeah, and they look to each other like, "I'm both game. Let's yeah, go. Let's go." So that would be a good fight too. Yeah, yeah. Well, also on Saturday night we had on the Zone app. Live from Ontario, California, we do have a light heavyweight division clash: Gilberto Ramirez versus Dominic Bosell. Um, again, on the Zone app. Yeah, so this was a fight that we all believed was was a mismatch, and it turned out to be even worse for the underdog fighter on this night. Yeah, definitely. You know, Ramirez continues his um, path in the 175 division. He pounced all over uh, Bosell. Uh, from the outset, I think even the ref at one time, right before he ended, say, you got to show me something because I'm going to stop this fight. Right? Yeah. Yep. It, it was a one sided thumping. It was a one sided thumping on that. But, you know, I, I think what helped Ramirez is did you see the size of him when he entered that fight? He's huge. Do you know how many pounds he gained after the weight? Well, he's supposed to be at 175. Okay. <laughs> 204. That's crazy. That's the, thirty that's, pounds, twenty nine pounds. That's why I hate weight divisions, and that's why I hate whenever you know people have to hydrate or whatever, dehydrate yeah. or whatever to get to make weight. It doesn't make sense at all. It no. doesn't make sense at all. That, it's a mismatch. Yeah, that, that clearly is a mismatch. Ramirez, if if that's what he is going to fight at, he needs to be up there in that. Yeah. In, in my opinion, or they should fight whatever they should make weight that day. You know what I mean? Or they used I mean? to do that. It just it just doesn't yeah. make sense. If you're not going to meet that weight, then then uh, fight at the other division. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't make sense at all. But Ramirez looked impressive. Yeah, he did. Again. He did. He gets a uh, fourth round TKO um, of Bosell. What's next for Ramirez? 44-0, 29-KOs now. 44-0. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Well, we're hoping he gets the order fight against Dimitri Bevel at some point. That's what I have here. I, I want Bevel. That should be the next fight. Yeah. And get Mexico's pride back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the problem is is that we don't know what the contractual obligations for Bevel and, and Alvarez right yeah, now. That's right. And, you know, the money fighters want to get what they want. Um, unfortunately, I think for him to get a title chop, we're going to see the uh, Hispanic wait another year, I think. Yeah. Ramirez. Maybe. Yeah. Um, for a title shot. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but because I need him to be active. Like he needs to understand that just because he's not getting a title fight, he needs to continue his reign over this division and keep knocking people out like that, and so that he doesn't become rusty. I guess if you want to, if he has to wait and you know maybe wait out, uh, uh, Bevo and uh, Canelo. Um, how about Better Beef? I'm good with Better Beef, and I think. Well, I think he could probably beat Better Beef, but you've told me that Better Beef is actually better than Beaver. I think so. I mean, that's yeah. that's how I feel. But you know, they're both you know they're both young fighters as far as you know. Beaver is twenty and zero. Uh, better Beef is seventeen and zero. 
Um, but Berto Ramirez is forty four yeah. and so zero. Who do you like if you're pick, if that's a fight? Ramirez? I'm going Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. That's now your that boy after, in boxing, though. Yeah, I guess I can't can't yeah. go against. And him. he has a great Kool Aid of undefeated too. Yeah, that kind of helps it. Sure does. Well, Bazell to me is clearly not an elite fighter. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't even have anything in the yeah, for him. I'm and, like, and, and I don't think you know. I don't believe he ever will be based on what I saw in the fight. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I mean, that just just it's just not for him, I guess. Yeah, you know, not absolutely. everybody's an elite fighter, like you said, and you know, uh, he ran into an elite fighter. Yep. What an evening of boxing matches. Man, great, great evening and, in boxing and dominance. Yeah, by the favorites. Well, this weekend is no different. We do have two big boxing matches again this week. Um, first off, I'm back on Showtime, live from Glendale, Arizona. We have a super middleweight clash: David Benavides versus David Lemieux. So this is at 168 pounds. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is the current champion with all four belts. Um, this is actually for the WBC Interim World Super Middleweight title. Oh, wow. So David L. Bandera, red flag Benedivis, is 25 years old. He is 25-0 and 0 with 22 KOs, and he's currently ranked 7th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the seventh round, November of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, David Lemieux is 33 years old, 43-4 and four with 36 KOs. He is currently ranked 12th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the second round, June of last year, and his last loss was in 2017. Now, Benedivis is a minus 2,000. And Lemieux is a plus 750. David Benavides is from Phoenix, Arizona, so he's fighting in front of his hometown crowd. He stands at 6'1", with a 77-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has an 88% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Kyron Davis, Anthony Durrell, and Jay Leon Love. He has no losses. David Lemieux is from Canada, standing at 5'9", with a 70-inch reach, fighting out the orthodox fight stance. He now has an 83% knockout rate. Notable wins come against David Zagara, Francie Netu, and Gary O'Sullivan. Notable losses come against Billy Joe Saunders, Gennady Golovkin, and Marco Antonio Rubio. Well, I always say say this, and you always remind me that I've seen these fighters fight. Have I seen these fighters fight? Yeah, we've seen Benavides fight. We've seen Benavides, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't think Lemieux, or he's fought since we've been doing the podcast, but nothing mainstream, nothing in the main card or anything like that. But Lemieux has been a title contender. At one time, I believe he even held the title. Well, he's got 36 KOs in, yeah. in, in 43 he's fights. He's a great he's fighter. He's no slights, right? He's no, no slights. Maybe it's just time's kind of catching up to him. Um, but he did run into a Triple G. He did run into um, Billy Joe Saunders, where he, I believe he lost yeah. his fight. Okay. Uh, he lost his titles. Um, but you know what? David Benavides is just a young cat in the in the division, and he's out for blood, I'm sure. But is Benavides a minus 2,000 favorite? Like, is that not? That's like, yeah, that's kind of disrespectful, I think, to Isn't David it? Lemieux. Yeah, because yeah. Lemieux has, has been a name. He's been, I believe, a, an ex-champion. I mean, that's just minus 2,000. Isn't that ridiculous? That is ridiculous. That's got to be adjusted here by the time fight yeah. night comes along. Well, I don't like going against odds makers. Uh, that's yeah. too much of a, a deficit for me. So I'm going to take Benedivis. I'm going to take him by KO um, in the seventh round. I'm giving uh, David Lemieux a little bit of more respect. I'm going to take Benedivis with a decision 
win. Okay. Next up that Saturday night, we do have uh, on the zone, and actually, it's actually Saturday morning ish for us um, because this next fight is live from the O2 Arena in London. Josh Batalsi versus Craig Richards um, live on the zone app. And again, that's going to be early in the, you know, maybe mid afternoon for us. Yes, absolutely. It's from London, like you said. It's the uh, light heavyweight division, 175, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, Better Beave and Beevil are current champions. Now, Joshua Batiste is 29 years old. He's 15-0 and with 13 Ks. He is currently ranked 8th in his division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the 11th round, August of last year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, Greg Spider Richards is 32 years old. He's 17-2-1 with 10 KOs. He's currently ranked 12th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the sixth round, October of last year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Baltese is a minus 550, and Richards is a plus 350. Josh Baltese is from the United Kingdom, standing at 6'2", with a 72-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 86% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Richard Balotniks. Daniel De Santos, Dos Santos, Mark Kalik, and he has no losses. Craig Richards is also from the United Kingdom, standing at 6'1 with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 58% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Merrick Mataraj, Shekin Pitters, and Jake Ball. Notable losses come against Dimitri Bivol and Frank Bungaloni. Um, I'm gonna go with the young gun. Did you say he he fought Jake Paul? <laughs> it's Jake Ball. Oh, Ball. Okay, <laughs> I was like, oh, did Jake Paul yeah, yeah, fight yeah. and lose? Yeah, he lost. No. So you like the young gun? I like the young gun. I like him by decision. I think you like him because it's a great Kool Aid of undefeated, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's I, it. yeah. But um, we've seen him fight before. He we have seen him fight against Balotniks. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I like Batalsi. So you like Batalsi by decision? You said correct. Okay, and uh, you read my notes. I like him as well by decision. So we got a couple fights uh, this weekend, a couple uh, boxing a- action going on. Yeah, that definitely. That wraps up our boxing um, you know, previews of this weekend for May 21st. Yeah, great night of boxing. That wraps up our boxing um, recap and preview for uh, this past week. We've and been this week. on a boxing roll every weekend, haven't we? Yeah, We've had some great yeah, fights, some great right? Great boxing fights. Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't. Hopefully, we keep on, um, you know, bringing some great fights in the next coming weeks. But do we have any news? I do. So Connor Ben wants a big name in his bludgeoning ledger, and he knows exactly whom he would like that to be. That's the one I want out of the lot, Ben told the TV, the TV interviewer. It's the main fight. It is Keith Thurman out of the whole bunch that I have mentioned. Great fighter, but I believe I'd be too much for Thurman. At the top of his list is the former welterweight title holder, Keith Thurman. The Thurman-Ben matchup would be appealing given that both are, are aligned with rival en- entity but it's unlikely a fight can be made because Thurman is backed by Al Heyman at Premier Boxing Champions, while Ben is promoted by Eddie Hearn at Matchroom Boxing. Heyman and Hearn rarely do business together, and recently Hearn went as far as to say in an interview that his relationship 
with PBC was poor, while criticizing the company's seemingly reluctance to make external fights between rivals. What do you think? Wow, that would be a great fight, I think. And I think it would be up to the level of what Conor Ben needs next. Um, yep. I don't think he needs one of those uh, the those elite guys. I think I think Thurman is elite, but yes. he's the lower elite. Yes. Because he's his age and everything. Um but man, yeah, PBC and um the zone they, they, they don't get along. Matchroom right? don't they don't there's this it's really rare. I think the last time they fought I think it, when PBC a fighter fought was uh Andy Ruiz against uh, Anthony Joshua. That's when they were they that was a PBC fighter versus a um a uh, matchroom fighter. That didn't turn out well for Joshua. No, it didn't. Well, the second time it did. This, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so let's say it doesn't happen. I've got two other names. Would you like a fight with Danny or Mickey Garcia? Oh, I like Danny Garcia. I think so too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. My, I think he would he would defeat Mikey Garcia because Conor Ben got some power. He I does, think, and, he? and I think Mikey Garcia is always looking for a finesse fighter, someone yeah. to box with him, not necessarily let's go out there and rumble. Right. Yeah. Well, it should be interesting who the next opponent is for Connor Ben. Well, it looks this past week we do have a retirement, or you know, one of the retirements in this this past week we did have Amir Khan um, hanging up the gloves for you know, for, and calling it a career. Wow! How, how, so, what is his record end up being? How old so, was he? Um, Amir Khan he fought forty fights. He was thirty four and six with thirteen for twenty one knockouts. Um, five of those losses were also knockout. Um, he had a lot of great wins versus uh, great names. I mean, um, just looking at Zab Judah, uh, Pauli Magellani, uh, Samuel Vargas. But he has had some huge losses as far as um, against big names. Kelbrook, Terrence Crawford, Canelo Alvarez, Danny Garcia. Um, and, you know, there's... Lamont Peterson, but he'll probably be known for um, in a lot of our minds uh, for that terrible knockout that he sustained against Canelo Alvarez. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But his defeats weren't against no just regular fighters. I mean, he was fighting some super elite guys. Yeah, definitely, point. definitely. Yeah, but yeah, well, happy trails to yeah. Amir Khan, a United Kingdom boxing hero, legend. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see him as a commentator or something like that later on. But thank you for the great boxing career yeah, that definitely. we got to watch and, and witness for him. Yeah, definitely. Well, Hearns says that a Canelo Triple G3 is now bigger after Canelo lost to Beevil. Hearn, the promoter, believes that while Alvarez is still the heavy favorite against Triple G, the disparity is not as great as it once was, which would pre presumably strengthen the marketing pitch for the potential fight. It's still a huge fight, Hearns said, of the Canelo Triple G in an interview. And funny, though, the Triple G fight becomes bigger now because people give Triple G a chance of winning the fight. Before it was like, uh, oh, he's 39, he's 40, he's not going to win the fight. And now people look at the performance and say, okay, maybe Triple G got, does have a chance. So this is a massive fight, as is the Beevil rematch. What do you think about his comments? We said something like that last couple couple weeks ago about Canelo looking now like a mortal, um, and maybe Triple G should fight him because maybe he does have a chance against uh, Canelo out of it is. Um, I personally don't 
think it would go that way, um, but I think it would be competitive. It's an interesting angle because on one hand, we somehow have taken this superhuman that lost one fight, even though he moved up and wait to yeah. challenge. Two weight classes. Two weight classes to challenge, and we now have somehow put him into this regular status because yeah. of this one defeat when he was just trying to reach for the stars. He yeah. just didn't make it. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is a lot of us out there think that Triple G won both of the first there's two some. fights. Yeah, there's so, some. Yeah, there's, there's some out there, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe now in our heads, which is me, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe he does have a chance. Maybe. Is, is maybe. there a, a, a style or a strategy that Bevel has shown now that can beat Canelo. We're going to find yeah. that out. Well, that style or strategy is be bigger and um, hit that jab faster than Canelo. But the counter argument of Canelo is, was Canelo Canelo that night or was he not? Yeah, I, mean, I think that I mean, weight, we don't know. The, the, the additional weight slowed him down. Do you think so? I think so. Well, if you're the promoter, mm-hmm. which one are you going to promote? Do you want a Bevel or do you want a Triple G? I think the money's Triple G Canelo fight. Okay. Yeah. And you like Canelo in that fight, no yeah, problems. I do. Okay. This week again, we do have another uh, fighter to honor. We do have another big name retiring. And uh, interestingly enough, his last fight was against Amir Khan, who just retired also. Jake we, Paul. No, no, no. No. <laughs> it was Kell Brook. Kell Brook, Brook is, is retiring. also retiring. Wow. After. Um, a long career after 43 fights he was 43 and 3 he had amassed a, amassed a 36 and 0 record before losing to Gennady Golovkin Earl Spence Jr and then later on to Terence Crawford um so those are the, his three losses so nothing to nothing to those um, are be ashamed big of. three yeah. losses though yeah. man yeah but shout out to Kel Brook thank you you know to you too him and uh Amir Khan had a fierce rivalry also did they really too, so yeah and I think Kel Brook didn't he have a uh, a match actually lined up a, a month or two ago too I believe so yeah. well congratulations to a, a an awesome boxing career and sad to see you go but thank you for the memories yeah definitely do you have any other news I do not all right well that wraps up our boxing segment for this week now let's jump into some ufc on espn fight night 205 jan bohovich versus alexander rockick kicking off the uh, main card we do have undefeated jake hadley versus alan nascimento in a flyweight division clash it was a much anticipated debut for one fighter but it didn't go as well as as planned at the end no, it didn't. Did did it seem? I mean, first of all, Alan Nascimento, he doesn't look like a light or a flyweight. He looked big. He's huge. Didn't I know. He? Yeah, I, I just I just thought that it was different. It was it was weird to see him as a flyweight contender. It was. You you wonder how he made weight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it was. I think it was kind of a domination of um, Dave Hadley. You know, being his UFC debut. Um, we do have a unanimous decision for Alan Nascimento. Um, what do you think about the fight? You could see the experience of Namizato. He had twice the fights as Hadley. It was just too much to handle, and specifically on the ground. Yeah. I mean, Namizato just was, was – his ground game was just way better than Hadley. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, we do have Nascimento with a win. Who do you have next for him? 
Namacento, well, he's 19-6, and 1-1 one one in the UFC now. Um, what about another newcomer to the UFC? Um, a Carlos Hernandez at 29th, he's 8-1, and 1-0 one, one and in the UFC, who had a victorious uh, victory in his UFC debut in February. Yeah, I like that. Or um, I also have maybe a C.J. Vergara. He's 38th, uh, ranked, or ranked 28th in the division. Um, or maybe a little bit higher, uh, Bruno Silva. I like Bruno Silva. Yeah. That could be exciting. Yeah. How about for Jake Hadley? Well, Hadley is now first loss, 8-1, 0-1 the UFC. Um, I think he should find, an, find another newcomer uh, in the UFC. Uh, what about uh, Carlos Candero, who was on the same card and lost as well, and he is eight and two and one and zero in the UFC now too. I like that. Did you see who was the coaching um, Nascimento? I did not. Um, we have um, well the number one contender in the light lightweight division. Lightweight, uh, light lightweight division. The lightweight division. Um, who was it? Charles Oliveira. What? Yeah, he's his coach. That's why his hair is blonde. <laughs> I, what is the blonde? Have to do? I think they're the whole camp dyes oh, their hair blonde. I didn't know that. Yeah, Charles yeah. Oliveira was in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. That I I don't know what to say about that other than I know there's a weight comment that here that Namacito looked great, but yeah, Oliveira couldn't make weight the week yeah, before. That seemed kind of weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> a good a good opening match. For oh me. yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was. I mean. It was competitive to the point that, you know, Nascimento, you know, look good. He really looked good. Absolutely. Next up on the card, we have Frank Camacho versus Manuel Torres in a lightweight division class. We saw another Hello UFC debut of a fighter, only this time the fighter came away with a win. Yeah, definitely. Manuel uh, Manuel's UFC debut, I mean, he, he drew a... a a fierce brawler's name, and he came out brawling. Camacho came out here after what a two-year layoff almost, and yeah. um, he came out here for for uh, to knock someone's head off. But you could tell there was rust on Camacho. His timing and footwork was off. Um, he just didn't have the speed that could uh, you know match Torres's you know timing that he was bringing to it. Yeah, fight. definitely. Um, you know, Torres you know stayed true to his boxing. Uh, roots and you know you could tell he he had some boxing skills used his boxing and you know gets a really nice uh a left hook i believe and puts an end to frank camacho yeah and, and herb dean stepped in when he should have and and just made that you know just made the right right call yeah i think uh camacho is kind of arguing or appealing the stoppage but yeah i think it was it was a good stoppage for him yeah so do you know why camacho was out for a couple years i don't Apparently, he was involved in a car pileup right before a fight that he was scheduled to do at UFC 263. Oh, wow. And he suffered multiple injuries that kept him out for nearly two years before he returned to the Apex on Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, uh, hopefully he made a full recovery and maybe we won't see the last of Frank Camacho. And I don't think so because he was very entertaining. He brought it. He landed some great shots on Torres. Um, but, you know, Torres is just a bigger. I mean, he yeah. looked bigger. And Torres is more active. Yeah. Yep. Next up on the card, we do have. You want to go over them too? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's next for um, Manuel Torres? He's 13-2, and 1-0 in the UFC now. Um, he holds a 100% finish rate with 13 first-round finishes out of 13. Wow. 
Now, I am looking at a uh, 50th rank, uh, Jamie Morlarkey, who is 14 and 5 and 2 and 3 in the UFC. He is a striker, too. I think it would be a good matchup. I like that. Um, I like a Jordan Levet. He's right there ranked around that division. Or there's another fight coming up, and it's David Onama versus Austin Lingo. Maybe the winner of that fight. I like that. How about for Camacho? 22 and 10. Uh, two and six in the UFC now, two-year layoff. He was clearly rusty. Needs to get back in the gym, uh, work on his uh, fighting. Um, I think he should fight another newcomer and just see where he truly is in this UFC right now. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, I like the fighting newcomer. Or I also have a Charlie Ontiveros. He's um, probably ranked very low on that division, um, but also needing a win. Yeah, and, and – I think Camacho is going to be an entertaining fighter, so keep him around and let's see what happens. Next up on the card, we have Caitlin Shikagian versus Amanda Hibas in a fly- women's flyweight division clash. With one fighter signing a new contract in the UFC and another fighter coming back to the flyweight division, this was going to be a close fight. Yeah, Amanda Amanda Hibas uh, coming off a strong decision win against uh, Varian Jandorioba in UFC 267. Um, like you said, she moves up in weight and goes right after the number one contender of that division. Um, didn't really work out in her favor. Well, Joe Caden's uh, jab was just keeping Rebus at bay, man. Yeah, definitely. It was a smart style and and, and strategy. I think Hibas is a... Uh, uh, strategy was to try to take her down because when she did take her down she had some control she, she almost got cut several uh submission attempts um but again shikagan with her boxing skills and you know keeping that distance and knowing how to keep that distance uh really really did it in for her and won her maybe one or two rounds that that she needed when they were standing rebus was eating a lot of a punches lot, from shikagan a lot a lot that yeah. reach was there yep um in the end we do have Caitlin Shikagan winning by the split decision 28 29 29 28 29 28 um you know I I was looking at it I was thinking Amanda Hibas would win okay. I think she kind of she had a couple of knockdowns or a couple of takedowns that I gave her some points for okay but I can see it both ways because of those big shots that she would eat she was eating too um, from uh, Shikagan when, when I was watching it and I was uh, kind of judging it on my own, I thought it was going to be close. I thought it was probably going to be a split decision. And this goes back to my theory of the judges are looking at who they need to give the victory, and they know Joe Kagan, the name, more than Rebus, and I yeah. think maybe that could have happened. Yeah, definitely. So what's next What's next for our you know, you know, a number one contender, Shikagan? Well, like you said, second in that division, 18-4 and four, and 11-4 and four in the UFC. Uh, she called out this fight, I think a date with Marion Ferrat at number six, 9-1 and one and 4-0 and oh, would be exciting. I think so, too. And she said, bring it to Ferrat's hometown. She'll fight her there. Oh, wow. In France? Yep. Wow. That's bold, awesome. isn't it? Yeah. Um, also have here, you know, because that, that goes along with what I have here. Um, but I also have maybe Alexa Grasso who's ranked up at higher in that division. I think ranked fourth in that and division. And I like Grosso, yeah, so yeah. that would be an exciting fight too. How about for Amanda Hibas? You know, that was a rough welcome to this this new division. Well, she is 11-3, and three, and we found out afterwards from her father that she came into the bout with a torn bicep. Yeah, I saw that. Did I you see that. that? Yeah, yeah. So the question is, does she stay at flyweight, or does she move back down to strawweight? I want her to stay at flyweight. Do you? Yeah. 
Okay. Because I think either way, she could have won that fight. I think there's a lot of people that probably would have said that she may have picked up around enough uh, points to win that fight. Do you, do you think Joe Kagan was a, was bigger, though, than Rebus? It seemed like Rebus wasn't yeah. big enough for that division. She's longer Longer yeah. than her, bigger yeah. than her, yeah. Well, you want her to stay there. I want her to move back down. I want to fight with Angela Hill, who lost earlier in the yeah. evening. I like that, too. Um, I think they even fought already. I think they fought already. Okay. Um, if if Hibas does stay in this division, okay, uh, I would like her to fight a Casey O'Neill or a Joanne Wood. I mean, they're, they're both experienced fighters, and, mm-hmm. you know, welcome her, you know, to this fight. Welcome division. to this division? Yeah. Well, it wasn't a very good welcome this first round. Yeah. Well. So we're gonna we're gonna find out, and, I, and, I, and that's no disrespect to to Rebus. I think she can stand her own ground in this division. Next up on the card, we have Luis Smolka versus Davy Grant in a bantamweight division clash. Two fighters coming off losses needed a win to keep that momentum going to the top of this bantamweight division. Definitely, um, man. It was a great fight. I believe it was a great fight as far as, you know, from the point of view of Davey Grant. Um, Grant got, you know, Smoke a couple of times, dropped him in the first round. And, um, you know, it looked like Smoke was almost out in the second round. He did. Already ready to go. But, you know, credit to Smoke. The tough as nails comes in, you know, still lasts almost a whole third round. But then again, we have a devastating knockout for Davey Grant. Yeah, you know, and Grant had an interesting uh, fighting strategy in this fight. He used big, heavy, levy, uh, big, heavy kicks in the first round, and then the second round he changes up and he just starts sending some looping hooks and yeah. striking combos. It was fascinating to to just keep Smoka off balance. Yeah, and he and technically that's what happened. He took him off balance with a nice leg kick and finally hurt Smoka where he just went to the ground, but that didn't stop David Grant from grounding and pounding him and. No. Knocked him out. Yes, knocked him out. It was it was um devastating knockout for Davy Grant. Um, but now Davy Grant, he's he's wins by third round knockout. Um, what's next for Davy Grant? Well, Grant is thirteen and six, five and five in the UFC. He snapped a two fight losing streak. Um, what about him going up in ranks to fight Kyler Phillips at seventeenth, ten and two, and four and one? And when asked about a fight with from the media. He said a fight with Phillips is absolutely on the table. Wow, that's interesting. I have here um a, a, another big fighter, someone that will give him give their all, uh, Ryan Kelleher, um who, the, who's ranked that in that division, um or a Julio Arce. Ooh, I, I like the Arce fight. I think that would be a good fight. And man, you know his nickname Dangerous. He is very dangerous. Yeah. How about for uh, Luis Smoka? 17 to 9, 8 and 9 in the UFC. This is actually his second run in the UFC, and he's been knocked out twice in his last two fights. Um, what about a fight with his previous dance partner in February who had to pull out? Um, a Galiad Tala, who is 14 and 4, 2 and 3 in the UFC, and is also on a two fight losing streak. I like that. Um, I also have maybe a, um, a Randa Costa, Randy Costa. Or Amanda Martinez. I believe they're both down. Uh, they they've have a couple losses on their record right now, losing streaks, and in need of a win. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'll have to be honest with you. If I'm the trainer of, of Smoka, 
I don't want to see another knockout. If that's third straight, we're, we're going to need to talk about your career. I mean, I'll the, be honest the, with you. The thing is, um, that was not a typical knockout. That's like he was on the ground, and yeah. like there was no give on that knockout yeah. because he his head was already on the mm-hmm. ground and then get knocked out. That's like double the impact, I believe. I mean, I would it think. Is. Yep. But yeah, that, that was that was devastating. Yep. Next up on the card, we have the co-made event of the evening, Ryan Spann versus Ian Kutalaba in a light heavyweight division clash. Which superhero is the best when right. DC Superman versus Marvel's Hulk decided to lock horns in this <laughs> epic battle? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Kutalaba did bring out the Hulk. I mean, that first round, he went for broke. Uh, he went all out on uh, uh, Span. I thought he even caught him a couple of times. Kutalaba looked strong in the beginning of that fight. Yeah, he looked fierce and very intimidating. He looked great. He had some takedowns, counter-punching from Span whenever he would strike. I'll be honest with you. I thought Kutalaba had this had this going his way at the end of that first round. Yeah, definitely. But it looks like, um, you know, Span, Span, he does land a couple of good flush one-two combinations that stuns uh, Kutalaba. Um, they both went on the ground. And then, you know, Ryan Span does a crazy, crazy um, submission attempt and finally lo- locks in that um, guillotine choke. I mean, and it was after Eon Kutalaba slipped and yes. threw a wild haymaker for no reason at all. Yes. I, so I blame this on Eon Kutalaba because he was on his way, I think, maybe to. It was a slip. Of, it was an accident. Yeah. And he yes. just got caught. It he, happened. Yeah, it does. And it was a nice little submission. Win, it was absolutely you know? yeah so superman is clearly stronger than the hulk at least on this yeah. night yeah at least on this night that's yeah. right <laughs> so what's next for superman span well uh he was 15th uh, ranking i'm sure he's going to move up 20 and 7 6 and 2 in the ufc um i got a question for you does he deserve to be in the top 10 in this division right now you know i think so because he he fought a top 10 Last year, last the last time he fought, I believe, or the, his last loss was against, I think, Anthony Smith. Um, and yeah, okay. I think so. I, so. I think so. So let me start at top 10, and you tell me if he should take a spot or is better than him. So mm-hmm. at 10 is Jamal Hill. Should he be better than him? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Number nine, Paul Craig. I think so. Okay. Number eight, Anthony Smith. Mm, that's different. So stop at eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think he's better than Tiago Santos? Mm. No. Okay. I don't think so. And I'll give you one more at six. Do you think he's better than Dominic Reyes? I don't think so. Okay. But interesting, I, I agree with you. But interesting enough, uh, that's who I have less. Those three of those names I have here to possibly fight next. Either Dominic Reyes. Yes. Or the winner of Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos. I, I, I think... I don't know where Dominique Reyes is yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't even course. know where he is in the world. Yeah. All right. But I would love to see both those fights and see where Superman Span truly is in this division. Yeah. I mean, he said he's out for to win the championship, and it looked every bit of it. I he mean, did, he, didn't he? he was he looked great, came yep. in shape, he looked good, and um, you know, and Kutalaba was was fierce looking, and he was out for blood. Well, let's talk about Kutalaba. He's sixteen and seven and one, five six and one in the UFC. Um. I'll be honest, I thought we'd be talking about a win for him, uh, but we're not. So what about another fighter on a losing streak? What about Johnny Walker at 14th, 18-7 and 4-4? Four and four? I like that. 
I don't Do like you? it for I don't like it for Johnny Walker. I don't either. But I mean a win's a win. And Johnny Walker needs to have a legitimate I think. Yeah. Fighter. Because I feel like they're still kind of baby stepping him. Does that is that or no? Or or um on his last baby steps because I think a one more devastating loss for Johnny yeah. Walker. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um I have maybe here a Jimmy Jimmy Crute. Um, I think he's on a one fight losing streak. I think, and or how about we just saw him fight? How about OSP over Saint Peru? I am up for that. Yeah, and and I and, and again, this is a fight game. Things happen. I think he made a mistake. Yeah. I think Kudalava is going to win his next fight. I think so too. So I got a question for you. Okay. After the fight, Kudalava came out and he said, "I apologize for uh, the loss and for the terrible fight that I had." What do you think about fighters apologizing for losing? Um, I think it's more f- so for them because I think it's more that they go out and pump themselves up and everything like that, and then they, they might feel like they they kind of made themselves look like a fool. Yeah. And then but they're they like, didn't. you know, I'm sorry. No, he shouldn't apologize. I don't think he has anything to apologize yeah. for. He slipped. I mean, if anything – you know, that's that's the only thing to apologize about is by slipping and throwing a wild haymaker while slipping. And it's one thing to apologize because you were fighting a 50th ranked guy and, and you clearly should have been the winner. Yeah. You're fighting elite fighters. Yeah. You have nothing to feel sorry or apologize for yeah. to us fans. We're yeah. just excited that we get the opportunity to watch you fight. Right. So, yeah. Definitely. Well, next up on the card, we do have the main event of the evening. We have Jan Bohovich versus Alexandra Rakic. In a light heavyweight division clash. We had a fight that had big implications on the next title shot for both fighters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both of them. I mean, Yamahovich coming off the loss to Grover Teixeira, trying to get back into the win column, trying to get back to the title contention. Um, Rockick, he's, you know, on a terror of late in the UFC. He's wanting to get back, get into the, the, the championship title race. I'll have to tell you, that cut around Jan, Jan's eye, it was in such a bad place. There was no way the corner could get it to stop bleeding. It was right on like tear duct, right yeah. like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I I can only imagine how if I got that cut, how devastated I would feel, how bummed out I wouldn't fight. You know that. I mean, I much less trying to go out and fight somebody. Well, and it. I just saw a late report that he's actually having eye surgery. Yeah, it has to because it's opened up, I believe, right yeah. there. It's just a, one of those strangest Strange, cuts, right? cuts that he got. Um, uh, but, you know, but, that's not the worst of it, right? <laughs> but I'll have to tell you, that was a close fight. I mean, oh, Raddick looked like he was doing what he needed to do for his game plan, and Yom was doing what he needed. I had it, you know, maybe going into that third round um I had a one-on-one you know, and I think Rackick was was on his way to winning the yeah, third round could, couldn't I couldn't argue with that at all but in the end we do have what just typically happens in in MMA we have a bizarre in, knee injury to Rackick and um forces t- TKO did you see the slow-mo on that yeah I saw that pop did you see it pop yeah fascinating right yeah uh, at first, you think it's like maybe a dislocated knee, but yeah. then you think of the worst, how many ligaments are in there that, you know, either ACL, PCL, or or the um, MCL. And, but it, I think reports have said that he tore his ACL. Oh, did he really? And, yeah. And, 
ACLs are usually a year, right? Yeah, about a year, I believe. It just depends, too. I've, I've heard some other people come out That's back in five That's so months, bad because he's such a great fighter. And, great fighter. and I'm going to miss not watching him and see where he probably would have gone because, you know, I think me and you both agree it probably was going his way in that match. I think so, and I think yeah. he, he would have set him up for uh, a – I think he would fare better um, against the winner of uh, Glover Teixeira and – uh, Yuri Perhushka, yeah. that's coming up next pay per view. Yep. And I think he would have fared better than um, maybe a Yamahovich if he gets the title contender. Yeah. Well, it, you know, we've already talked about Raddick. Uh, don't consider it a loss. It was due to injury. Don't know how long it's going to take to rehab his knee. But the winner, uh, Jan, he's 29 and 9, 12 and 6 in the UFC. Um, I kind of think uh, what we're all thinking, it's going to set up a title fight, whoever wins next month. I do too. I think that's. Um, I don't see anybody else in that division that's, I guess, worthy. Unless, you know, we do have like a Tiago Santos and, uh, you know, um, you know, one of the persons in that division. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ryan Spann later on. Um, but not right now. I think right now, I think Behovich is the elite of that that contention squad. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like I said last week, it's so funny how he, you know, Bohovich has beaten the who's who in this division yeah. for a while. Yeah. And because he lost to Tixera, somehow we think he's some second-rate fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not. I he's mean, not. he's just as formidable yeah. as anybody else. Yeah. Well, and uh, say we cover Rocket, what's next for Rocket? Oh, rehab. Yeah. Rehabbing rehab. that knee, That's right? That's it, right. Rehabbing Definitely. that knee. You know, it's interesting. When I was watching that fight, I had actually picked on our podcast – both underdogs. I picked Jan and I picked Span. And I was thinking before the fight, maybe I should do like a you know hypothetical parlay on both the underdogs. I didn't on Span, and I wish I would have. So I decided to maybe do just a win ticket for Bohovich. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the underdogs kind of worked out that night. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So do we have any uh, fights of the night or uh, any yeah, fight see. bonuses? Now let's see. Who do you guess got fight of the night? Fight of the night or fighter? Fight of the night. Fight of the night. Um, well, I think it was too short, the span versus Kudalaba, so I don't think it's that fight. So why don't I say Grant versus Smoka? Um, no. I'll no. give you one more chance. Okay. It was on the main card. Oh, Joe Kagan, Rebus? Yeah, definitely. That yeah. was a great fight. That was a great fight. Good for them. And who do you think won performance of the night? So those two, and they both were also on the main card. Ryan, Superman, Span. Yep. And then there's one more? Correct. One more. Davey, Dangerous Grant? Nope. No. Um, Torres. Yeah, Manuel Torres. Oh, good for him. Uh, all four win $50,000. Good for them. Yeah, definitely. What do you think about this uh, whole card? Well, uh, the bar was really low last week. Yeah, for the most part, because mm-hmm. it was uh, well, a. Last f- week was UFC two seventy four. All right, so last week was two seventy four. It was up and down. Uh, it was a pay per view. Yeah. Um, my bar was a little bit lower because of it. Um, I'm gonna say this was pretty entertaining. I'm gonna say a seven five, a seven. In, a, in three fours. Okay, let's get into division. And yes, calculus here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a seven. You know, I, I really enjoyed uh-huh. this fight. It was a really good fight. Really good. Um, there wasn't that many ups or downs. I mean, you know, there was a decision in that 
Nascimento Halley fight. There was a decision for the Chukagin Rivas fight, and the other ones were finishes. So um, I, 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 it's always a good night whenever you have a lot more finishes than decisions. I think we would be higher if the main event wasn't a disappointment and ended that way with a knee injury. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, because that was a disappointment. Yeah. Um, from from both parties, even Yamahovich was disappointed of that. Yeah. Nobody wants to win that way. No. Well, I think that train keeps moving, doesn't it, sir? It keeps sir? on chugging down uh, the line. We do have UFC Fight Night. 206. 206 or UFC Vegas 55. I mean, who can tell any more about these numbers? Um, we have Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieta um, this next Saturday, May 21st, on ESPN, live from the UFC Apex. Starting off the card, we have Tabitha Ricci versus Pollyanna Viana. So this is at the straw weight division, 115 pounds. Carla Esparza is our current champ. Now Pollyanna, the Iron Lady, Viana, is 29 years old, 12 and 4 with 4 KOs, 8 submissions and 0 decisions. She is currently ranked 27th in this division. Her last fight was a win by submission in the first round for February of last year, and she is on a two-fight win streak. Now, Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci is 27 years old, 6-1 with one KO, two submissions, and three decisions. She is currently ranked 30th in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision October of last year, and she is 1-1 one one in her last two fights. Now, Vienna is a minus 110, but Ricci is also a minus 110. Tabitha Ricci is from Brazil, standing at 5-1 with a 62-inch reach, representing Team Paragon BJJ. She made her UFC debut back in June of 2021. Notable wins come against Mariana Oliveira, and a notable loss has come against Mono Ferro. Pollyanna Viana is from Brazil, standing at 5-7 with a 67-inch reach, representing Tata Fight Team. She made her UFC debut back in February 2016 with a with now with one performance award. Notable wins come against Mallory Martin and Emily Whitmore Meyer Whitmire. And notable losses come against Veronica Medicero and JJ Aldrich. We have a opening fight that has two favorites. Wow, two favorites. That's that's both one ten. One ten. Pick them. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna pick Viana then. Are you picking Viana? I'm picking Viana. You like the Iron Lady. The Iron Lady. How do you like the Iron Lady? A decision win. Well, you read my notes because I also like the Iron Lady Vienna by decision. Next up on the card, we have Eric Anders versus Jun Young Park in a middleweight division clash. So this is at middleweight, 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champ. Now, Eric, ya boy, Anders is 35 years old, 14 and 6 with 8 KOs, 1 submission and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 23rd in this division. Now, his last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, December of last year, and he is 2-3-1 in his last four fights. Now, June, the Iron Turtle, Young Park, is 31 years old, 13-5 with five KOs, three submissions and five decisions. He is currently ranked 43rd in this division. His last fight was a loss by KO in the second round, October of last year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights now park is a favorite at minus 220 and anders is an underdog at a plus 180 
Eric Anders is from Alabama, standing at 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. He represents Fight Ready MMA. He made his UFC debut back in November of 2017. He now has three performance awards. Notable wins come against Darren Stewart, Gerald Mearshart, and Tim Williams. Notable losses come against Andre Munoz, Christoph Jotko, and Khalil Roundtree. Jun Young Park is from South Korea, standing at 5'10 with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the Korean Top Team team. Uh, fight, representing Korean Top Team. He made his UC debut back in August of 2019. He now has one performance award. Notable wins come against Tafan Nchukui, John Phillips, and notable losses come against Gregory Rodriguez and Anthony Hernandez. So we have another fighter that is built with iron. Did you notice that? Iron, iron lady? turtle. And now we have a turtle yeah. that's <laughs> iron versus a lady that's iron. Right. Interesting. Are you uh, are you going for the iron? Or I, I, th- I think I'm on that. boy. I think I'm drinking iron Kool-Aid. Okay. I think I'm going with Park by KO in the second wow. round. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going with Eric Anders, your boy. Decision win. Decision. So... You don't take into account that he has eight KOs out of 14 fights. No. Okay. Next up on the card, we have Chidi Ninjukuani versus Dusko Todorovic. So this is at 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champion. Now, Chidi, Chidi Bang Bang, Nikoju is 33 years old, 21-7 with 13 KOs, one submission, and seven decisions. He is currently ranked 36 in this division. His last fight was a win by KO, first round February of this year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. Now, Dusko, Thunder, Tudorovic is 27 years old, 11-2 with seven KOs, three submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 51st in this division. Now, his last fight was a win by TKO in the first round December of last year, and he is 1-2 in his last three fights. Now, Nugochenu is a minus 200, and Tudorovic is a plus 170. Chidi Njukwani is from Las Vegas, Nevada, standing at 6'3 with an 80 inch reach, representing Sikson Janjira Muay Thai. He made his UC debut back in November of 2017. He now has three performance awards. A notable wins come against Mark Andre Bertrault, Bertrault and Mario Swalsa. He has no notable losses in the UFC. Dusko Todorovic is from Serbia, standing at 6'1 with a 74-inch reach. He represents Sektor MMA. He made his UC debut back in October of 2020. He has one performance award. Notable wins come against Micah Petolo and Teddy Ash. Notable losses come against Gregory Rodriguez and Panali Soriano. Who do you have in this clash between the hardest names on the UFC? <laughs> well, I can tell you I like Ninjoka News three-fight win streak so give me him by ko in the first round i like i like yeah you know what i put here cheaty by decision okay next up on the card we have an exciting co-made event santiago ponzinibbio versus michelle piera um in a welterweight division clash 170 pounds kamar uzman is our current champion now santiago argentine dagger Ponzanibo 
is 35 years old, 28 and 5 with 15 KOs, six submissions, and seven decisions. He is currently ranked 16th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision December of last year, and he is 2 and 2 in his last four fights. Now, Michelle Dominishner Piera is 27 and 11 with 10 KOs, seven submissions, and nine decisions. He is currently ranked 18th in this division. Now, his last fight was a win by decision January of this year, and he is on a four-fight win streak. Now, Ponzinibbio is a minus 105 favorite, but Piera is also a favorite at minus 115. Santiago Ponzinibbio is from Las Vegas, Nevada, or fighting out of Las Vegas, Nevada, by the way of Argentina. He stands at six foot with a 73-inch reach, representing American top team. He made his UFC debut back in November 2013. He now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Miguel Baeza, Neil Magny, and Mike Perry. Notable losses come against Jeff Neal, Li Jingling, and Lawrence Larkin. Michelle Piera is from Brazil, standing at 6'1", with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the Scorpion Fighting Systems team. He made his UFC debut back in May of 2019 and now has one performance award. Notable wins come against Andre Fialo, Nico Price, and Chaos Williams. Notable losses come against Diego Sanchez and Tristan Conley. Well, this fight is going to be close, and the odds say it's going to be close. Yeah. I, I, this is an absolute pick'em. I, I I really like uh, Michelle Pieta. He does some crazy moves. I mean, he'll he'll do a backflip on you if he if he has a chance. He's yeah. He's got. He's he's just very entertaining. And am I right in saying his brother also fights in UFC, or is that not his brother? Uh, probably not his brother. Not his brother. Yeah, okay. No. All right. Well, uh, I need a, a quarter. Yeah, to flip. Um, I'm the guy that always likes win streak, so I like the four fight win streak yeah. by Michelle Piera. Give me him by decision. Yeah, I like Piera by decision also um, against Ponzinibbio, but it's not going to be an easy decision. No, and and if Ponzinibbio wins, I'm not unhappy, and yeah. uh, you know he could certainly win it. Next up, we do have the main event of the evening. Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieira in a women's bantamweight division clash. 135 pounds. Julie Anna Pena is our current champion. Now, Holly, the preacher's daughter, Holm, is 40 years old, 14 and 5, with 8 KO, 0 submissions, and 6 decisions. She is not ranked due to inactivity. Her last fight was a win by decision October of 2020, and she is 3 and 1 in her last four fights. Now, Caitlin Freak Vieira is 30 years old, 12 and 2, with two KOs, four submissions, and six decisions. Her last fight was a win by decision November of last year, and she is 2 and 2 in her last four fights. Now, Home is a favorite at minus 210, and Vieira is an underdog at a plus 175. Holly Home is from Albuquerque, New Mexico, standing at 5'8 with a 69 inch reach. Representing Jackson Wink MMA. She made her UFC debut back in February of 2015. She now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Irena Aldana, Megan Anderson, and Rounded Rousey. Notable losses come against Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, and Jermaine Deredamine. Caitlin Vieira is from Brazil, standing at 5'8 with a 68-inch reach. Representing Nova Unao Manaus. She made her UFC debut back in 
October of 2016. She has no performance awards. Notable wins come against Misha Tate, Shijara Eubanks, and Kat Zingano. Notable losses come against Yana Kutsnikaya and Irena Aldana. Who do you have in this, you know, main event for the women's? I'm a big fan of Holly Holm. I think that her resume is outstanding. She has fought the best of of the best through her career. Yeah. I think it's way better than Caitlin's. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I'm going with the experience and the, the people who she's fought. I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it's almost what seven years ago that she, she made her debut. And then, you know, a few years later, she wins one of the, at that time, probably one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Yeah. Right. Well, let me see if I can change your mind. You know that it's a 10-year difference, and uh, Home hasn't fought since 2020. Yeah, but I think it's just – I, I like Home. I like Home with the decision win. You I, sure? Um, I'm going to put $10 on that. $10 on Home. Okay, <laughs> and how do you like your Home? Decision win. Okay. Well, my head kind of says that I should be picking Vieira, to be honest with you. She's younger. However, yeah. I'm a home fan, and I also agree she will win by decision. <laughs> so, what do you think of the card? Uh, you know, I think it's a great card. Um, you know, there's some very interesting fights on that. Um, big names. You know, not you know, with Holly Holm, Eric Andrews, yeah. uh, Ponzinibbio, and Pieta, both uh, representing. Um, man, I'm really looking forward to this card. There's there's some great uh, fighters. There's some good matchups, and 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 I'm excited for that co-main event. Yeah, definitely. And you know, on the preliminary uh, fights, we do have a, f- a fellow Texan, a fellow West Texan, okay, fighting on that card. We have Jonathan Martinez from Plainview, Texas. Oh wow! Yeah, so right okay. up up the Panhandle. Yeah, go West Texas. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up our um our preview of UFC Fight Night. Uh, 206 or ESPN uh, USC Vegas 55. I mean, whatever number is that number is. Yeah, you you think they would just go back? Just say okay, let's just start this over or make this UFC whatever, rather than going back and forth every single week. I I think they started the numbering when they signed with ESPN yeah. to kind of give it their own feeling, but they still wanted to somehow keep fight night numbers going too. So yeah. it kind of is confusing. Yeah, or because then they have those fight nights that are just on ESPN. And so that's an ESPN fight night, whatever. Yeah. And then ESPN plus 64 only, you know, so it just, it's very confusing. It is. Yeah, definitely. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes for this week. Well, it looks like at the top of the list for Poirier is a fight with Kobe Covington. He said he does not want to wait till December for a title shot eliminator matchup. And the UFC has offered him a July fight instead with Kobe. He is in for the fight, and he and he could be moving up to either that weight for Kobe Covington or maybe a catch weight. What do you think about that fight? Um, against Nate Diaz or against Kobe Covington? Okay, Kobe, Kobe Covington. Covington versus uh, Poirier. Poirier. I mean, I really like that fight, even though he's said over and over, I would never have Kobe Covington make any money off of my name or off of my family. Um, but I think he's really desperate wanting to fight in July for some reason. I mean, um, it takes a special person to, to want to fight, you know, over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think he'll move all the way up to 170? Do you think it'd be a catchweight? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'd probably be a catchweight. I think so too, right? Yeah. Do you know where um, that July fight is going to be at? Well, the UFC fight? Well, uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm hoping it's not going to be on the same card that 
all the other crazy fights are on because he's no, going to get lost in the mix. No, it's a July 30th, okay. which is later that month. Because I think uh, July the the beginning of July is going to be that UFC... International fight Internet, Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> well, so July 30th is UFC, I think, 27, something like that. Okay. Um, and hopefully in Dallas, Texas. Road trip? Maybe so. Cowboy Stadium? Uh, probably AT&T Center or the uh, American Airlines. Oh, American Airlines. Yeah. Um, let's say it's a matchup. Who do you like early on? Um, I like oh, I like Poirier. Poirier just because just because I don't like Covington at all. Okay, but take take your <laughs> I think Covington's com- a very talented. I, I think I he think can he is play too. win. Um, but I I would just pick Poirier just because oh knowing that. Oh gosh, not me. Other rumors have that Anthony Smith is going to fight on that card too, Ooh. and um, Ooh. also Brandon Moreno versus Ooh. Kai Kara France. So My, that's going to be a, a good, good card. card. It could be a big July for us yeah. as fight fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, in other news, in MMA news, it looks like Habib uh, Nurmagomedov accepts Tony Ferguson's offer to coach the Ultimate Fighter together. That's kind of weird. Wait. So the next, so the current one is Pena versus Nunes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're gonna fight. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna coach against each other, or they're against on the same team other. against each. Well, other. then they'd have to fight the end. Well, they don't have to, do they? Yeah, that's kind of the whole that's, point. Yeah, technically that is. So what? But a, they don't have to. Well, what kind of fun's that? Would you want to? Okay, first I off, think I would like you, to see the banter. Do you watch Ultimate Fighter? No. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. it, would that bring you out of retirement to watch it? I guess you, you're not Probably a really retirement. No, Probably not. So you're not at all interested in Pena and Nunes right now. No, not not in the you, Ultimate Fighter. So I used to watch it. Yeah, I, I used to watch it too religiously. Yeah. but now took out like hiatus. Just, yeah, but the Pena Nunes interests me. I'm not watching it. Oh wow, how's that going? It's good. Yeah, it, well, it's it's good. I but might I have to check that out. But it's only because. It was such an upset that I I'm now I'm curious to see if Nunes is going to be the old Nunes. Wow! Right? Yeah, we'll see. And see if she still has fire in her gut, <laughs> because she keeps bringing her partner no you know no disrespect but she brings her family around constantly and I'm like hey you, you got to be focused I, I need a focused fighter yeah. for me yeah you know I mean I'm I'm interested in see where her head's at and yeah. um you know. I mean, would, do we see the return of the goat? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that that's that would be interesting if it was Ferguson against Khabib in the Ultimate Fighter. I, I would probably watch it. Alistair Overeem, yep. remember him? Oh, of course. Yeah, he's actually going to make his professional wrestling debut in the United Kingdom. Per, wait, professional wrestling debut? Yeah, yeah. in the uh, United in the Kingdom. UK. Mm-hmm. Do we know the organization? Um, it looks like Dream. Is the okay, I've heard I've heard of that. Yeah. I wonder what- He's gonna fight against um Adam the Titan Shearer, former WWE champion. Oh. That's Braun Strowman. Strowman, yeah. Braun Strowman, right? Adam the Titan. That's that's that's, that's Braun sure. Strowman. Hold on. He probably can't use his name. He in, cannot. In, in, it it without. is taken by yeah. WWE. Yeah. And you said it was Adam Adam. Sure. Yeah, Braun did, Strowman. Yeah, it looks like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's going to be an interesting fight. Interesting, huh? Because you know, I've been watching Braun forever in the W. He was a he was awesome. strong, right? I think awesome. I've seen him once lift a uh, pick up an eighteen wheeler. 
Right. Was and that he's wrong? Le- yeah, and he's legit strong. Yeah. Okay. Um, surprising to me because he he actually I think his contract up and maybe maybe they released him. I can't remember. I'm surprised that I, we haven't seen him already move over to AEW or uh, ROH or one of the other wrestling uh, fra- uh, wrestling promotions. So this is kind of fascinating that he's over in the UK and now he's going to fight. Uh, Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem. Yeah. And I can't believe Alistair didn't sign with the WWE. I mean, he's pretty big namesake. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's fascinating. So, a former heavyweight, Orgon DiCastro, doesn't believe John Jones will face many problems when the former lightweight champion finally makes his jump to the new weight class. It would have to be someone with good ground game like Fabio Verdum to maybe give him some problems on the ground. I don't see anyone else in the heavyweight that is good enough wrestling or ground game. And if they are good at wrestling, Jones would be superior on his feet. What do you think about his opinion on John Jones? Well, I mean... John Jones has always been an elite fighter, someone that we've always expected nothing but the best, nothing but technical um, fighter, one of the were the youngest champion ever in the heavy the light heavyweight division, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, who's to say he's not he's not wrong? You know, he went on to say that he is going to run through Stipe. Stipe. Do you agree with that? Part of me says yes. Really? Because Stipe's age. I don't like his age. <laughs> Can he do something about his age? But you know, Stipe, before he lost, was considered one of the best heavyweights of all time. And now we have him at a level where we don't think he may be able to beat a lightweight he- heavyweight champion who hasn't fought in, what are we at, two or three years now? Yeah, two or three years. And it, hopefully he makes it to maybe the fall. Yeah. You know, without an incident. So let me give you the top 10. You tell me if Jones beats who who I've got. Top 10. Marcelon Tubera, is he beating him? Yes. Okay. Alexander Volkov? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Tom Aspinall. The surging Ooh, Tom Aspinall. I don't know. That one's a good fight. I like that Against one. John Jones. I like that one. Okay. I like that fight. All right. What about Rosenstrike? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Number six, what about Curtis Blades? Is he beating him? I think he does, yeah. Okay. Does he beat the all-time knockout king, Derek Lewis, at five? I think he beats him because I think Derek Lewis is just looking for a knockout. He's not technical. I agree. Yeah. And he's probably going to get taken down with Grant. Yeah. yeah. And I and we both love Lewis. Yeah. What about Tua Vasa at four? I think he's almost the same as, as Lewis. So, no, I don't think he wins. Okay. Number three is Stipe. I think he beats Stipe, yeah. Okay. Is he beating the new guy, Serial Gone? Serial Gone's got speed. He's yeah. got ground game. Yeah. And he's got uh, striking ability. And he avoids. Man, I just hate to say it, but no, I don't think so. I think John Jones wins. I think John Jones wins. Okay. Well, yeah. now he fights the the Mike Nganu. Tyson of the world. He's fighting Naganu. Is he beating Naganu? If he lasts, if he goes over three rounds, yes. I don't see Ngano 
with that stamina and you know athletic ability to stay in there. He didn't have and, problem for five rounds in his previous fight, right, and right. he did a ground game. He yeah. had a new strategy. strategy. Yeah, but fighting to, you know, to now his next fight is to his probably his last fight in the UFC. So how, what's the what's the incentive? Drive? Yeah, the incentive to to stay. There's no incentive. The only incentive yeah. is thirty million dollar payday with uh, Mr. Tyson Fury, yeah. Fury, right? Yeah, and uh, and, so, and yeah. going to sleep. I could tell you this: when I went through the list in my head, it gave me goosebumps at all the possibilities yeah. that I could see John Jones either just excelling in his division yeah. or just getting just crushed. Yeah. And I want to see. I want to see what happens. Well, I think you the know? whole world wants to see what happens. Yeah, because you know, uh, John Jones has always been an interesting figure. Absolutely. Do you have any other news? I do have one more. All right. So your boy, Sean O'Malley, says he is not fighting on the UFC 276 International Fight Card if he is not the fight for the opening round of the massive card. If he's not the main fight on the so main card, the is, first fight yeah, on the main if, card. He is saying that if he is not the if he's not the opening fight on the main card, that massive mm-hmm. card He's not gonna fight. Wow. So let me let me give you some of the names because we well, did the, it last week. The, the UFC has some has some decisions to make. Who's gonna be on the main yeah. card and who's not? So let's play UFC and you tell me who's not getting on this main card because this is a tough card to pick. Right. All right. Right right off the top, Adesanya Kenner, main main event, right? Yeah. Okay. Volganovsky Holloway. Second. Second. Yeah. Second. Do you think those should be flipped? I think they should, but they won't be. They won't be, right? Okay. What about a Strickland, Alex Pierre? Should that be on the main card? Yes, I think so. I like that. That's Strickland is surging and Pierre is Pierre. I like it. Okay. What about a Uriah Hall versus Andre Munoz? Mm, mm, that could be a preliminary. I think it could. Maybe the, the, Not main, the card. main preliminary card. Okay. What about... A Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. I don't. That doesn't attract me as the main event, main card. Okay. What about a Jessica I versus Macy Barber? That doesn't. It also doesn't intrigue me. But you have to have a women's fight on there, I believe. I think mm-hmm. just to. So, which, which, out of those two, which one would you put on the main card if you're uh, UFC? Probably the, is it the Misha Tate versus? Uh, I think Misha Tate won. Okay, they did. What about? Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina. Nah, I don't know. I don't think so. You know Lawler always brings it. Lawler always yeah, brings it, right? Yeah. But I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. And what about a Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley? I, I, I like that. <laughs> That's your boy, part. though. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and I think people would buy it just because of that. They would. Are you going to buy it because of Sean O'Malley or because of... Uh, Pedro Munoz. I'm buying it because of O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, right? Right. All right. So the current lineup is O'Malley's fight, yeah. Misha Tate's fight, Strickland's fight, Volganovsky fight, and Nadasanya. So great card. Yeah, a great card, and and the preliminaries are just as stacked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stacked. Should be interesting. Great. Well, that wraps up our UFC news and notes for this week. Um, you know, of course, we're we haven't started the Pick'em League yet. 
We, so we, we will. We haven't. Um, but just so you know how yeah, we did last yeah, week. Exactly. Is you we both actually went three and zero in boxing. Okay. Okay. I went five and one Ooh, nice. in the MMA. Nice. You went two and four. Oh. So do you know the two that you won? The two that I won. Um. Mm, okay, I gotta think who, who yeah. fought. Uh. Now who did I win? Torres. Oh, I picked Torres. I you thought did. I picked against them. Nope. Huh. And Dangerous Grant. Yeah. That's who you picked. Yeah. Yeah, because I picked. I went to no the the grape Kool Aid. For the undefeated guy, you did, and Aeon Kutalaba, and uh, you had to take Marvel's Hulk. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then I was like, Rat Kick is yeah, up and comer, and he pro- probably would have won. won. Yeah. So, yeah, it just was bad, bad luck. And who'd you lose? Who? Which one did you not pick? The undefeated Kool Aid. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, we both did that. Yeah. Well, good thing they don't count right now. They don't count now. <laughs> we we've got uh, one more week of fight night, and then the following week is going to be another pay per view, and we're going to start up the new uh, season four for our players. Pick them. Well, that wraps things up for this week. Um, thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week to recap this week's fights and predictions for the next week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or also on Twitter. Um, That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.